Welcome back. I'm happy that you're here and joining us today. Today we are speaking with our guest Brandy and we're talking all about, you know, setting up our workout schedule and just our monthly plan around our hormones because our hormones naturally fluctuate of sometimes in the month we're more energized, sometimes in the month we need more rest and so we talk about cycle syncing with that and how to know when you're nourished not put enough stress on your body, and just everything that you need to know. So with that, let's just jump right in. Hey guys, so today we are joined by Brandy, and she's a certified fertility awareness instructor, women's healing arts coach. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Emily. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so before we get started, kind of what is hormonal health, and why is it so important to our overall health? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the term hormonal health gets thrown around a lot right now, and it's kind of, we're not really certain what it is. And I know a lot of folks think it's just our reproductive organs, but really hormonal health starts in our brains. And so whatever we are thinking, feeling, doing, stress, anything that's impacting our brains has the potential to impact our hormonal health. And so when we're thinking about hormonal health, we're not just thinking reproductive organs, but we're thinking brain health, we're thinking inflammation, we're thinking stress. Hormones can be a lot of things. So they um, impact not only our reproductive system, but also things like our metabolism, our temperature, our energy levels. And so that's why it's crucial to really be focused in on what our hormones are doing and how to keep them healthy, because we're really ultimately talking about whole body wellness when we're referencing hormonal health and well-being. Yeah, I guess that's why it makes it really hard to pinpoint and talk about too, because, you know, if it does start in the brain and then factor your overall body, it's like, okay, well, where do you begin? (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so how did you get started focusing this on your business? Was there a personal story that happened or what sparked your interest? Yeah, I have been interested in hormonal health from the lens of my personal history and then using that to really using my story to serve and support other women. And so my story is that I dealt with a lot of hormonal struggles in my early 20s and while I was in college. And it all kind of started when I was put on hormonal birth control at the age of 19. And this is quite common for young women these days. And a lot of women respond really positively to being on hormonal methods of birth control. I, however, was not one of them. And I felt really isolated in this experience because I had all these other friends who were loving the pill. And back then the IUD wasn't really as popular, but they were just loving their hormonal birth control. And I was not having the same experience. I, as soon as I started the pill, I had had 50 yeast infections in three years. I started having daily panic attacks. And I just felt so out of place in my body. And I would go to doctors and ask for natural methods or for solutions. And I was really given kind of spot treatment. So medication for yeast infections, therapy or medication for anxiety, really nothing was getting at the root of it. And after I started doing my own research, I realized that there is a portion of the population like myself who responds this way to hormonal birth control. And the doctors had never mentioned it. So once I went in and started talking about this and asking for natural methods, I also found that there weren't really any natural options that doctors 
we're talking about if we were in need of non-hormonal birth control. And so that's where a lot of this work started is I had to do my own research to figure out what was the root of all this hormonal imbalance. And then if it was the birth control, which it turned out to be, what the heck was I going to do without it? And that's where the fertility awareness methods really came in and allowed me to nourish my hormones while preventing pregnancy safely in a way that worked best for my body. So that's kind of the reproductive side of things. And then empower myself with a lot of these tools so that I could feel good. And then I didn't want my story to exist in vain. And so using it as an inspirational tool to go out and serve other women who may be going through these same things and feeling just as alone as I did back then. Yeah, that's such an interesting story, too, because as you said, you know, it's things like yeast infections and anxiety, which are really common. So you're seeing the doctors Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, yeah, we know how to treat yeast infections. We, we know how to help with that, but it wasn't what was getting to the root cause of actually, no, this was just affecting my hormones like to an extreme that was causing this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I know that, you know, you talk a lot about dealing with it with exercise and nutrition. So kind of talking about exercise here. So we know that we need exercise. Moving our body is great for us. We need it. But when it comes to our hormones, is too much of it a bad thing? Yeah, I love this question because I am someone who loves working out and loves exercise. I'm actually a yoga instructor and I do a ton of like group fitness classes and and hosting as an instructor for those. And at the same time, I myself and the people that I'm leading, we need to be careful that we're not kind of overdoing it. And so with exercise in relationship to our hormonal health, it is actually a super positive thing to be moving our bodies, keeping them healthy in this way, supporting our heart health, it is profoundly healthy. And at the same time, it's not so much that moving our bodies too much can be bad for us, but it's really how we choose to move our bodies that may be impacting our hormones, our fertility, our periods. And so the trick here is that when we're exercising, we are placing our bodies under a certain level of stress with any movement that that we're doing because we're challenging the body. And our bodies are good with that. They can respond to it and use it to leverage it to be in a healthier place after the workout. The issue is when we're placing our bodies under stress for long periods of time or very intensely. So things like doing high intensity workouts, six or seven days a week, multiple hours a day, can put a lot of stress on our bodies and that stress can have a large impact on our hormonal health and really impede the triggers that stimulate our fertility, our ovulation, our periods. And under these lengthy periods of stress from over-exercising or high intensity workouts for a long period of time, we can experience hormonal imbalance. So our periods can start to become a nightmare filled with PMS and cramps and fatigue and mood swings and all that stuff we're trying to avoid. We can inflict it upon ourselves if we're not being mindful about the ways that exercise and movement can impact our hormones. Yeah, no, it definitely makes a lot of sense, you know, putting your body under too much stress there. So things like missed periods are a good sign for that, but you know, that only comes once per month. Um, so are there any other signs that our hormones might be off from over-exercising? Yeah, so 
it's interesting when we think about our hormones being imbalanced or experiencing symptoms of imbalance, it can be difficult to point the finger to like this activity is the cause. So often what we would see is kind of hormonal imbalance due to a overstressed response. And so it would probably look like more issues in that PMS phase of the cycle. So we can start to see increased PMS or we're not as emotionally resilient during that time because the body's under more stress. We can also see things, stress impacts the body in a few different ways. For some, periods might even get heavier because there's this profound level of stress that's impeding the hormone progesterone and progesterone helps to lighten our menstrual flows. And it also is used up when we have added stress in our bodies. So sometimes we see heavier periods, but also we can see the other end of the things we can see lighter periods of things like the entire process of ovulation itself is being altered or impacted from too much stress or working out too hard. And so it might be issues with ovulation at first that we see before the period fully disappears from overexercise, we might start to notice we're ovulating erratically, or we're having lighter bleeding or different things like that. So it's important to pay attention to not just is my period here, but what does it look like? What does it feel like? What were the symptoms that led up to it? And how is that maybe different from periods I'm used to in the past? So it's that shift away from your normal flow, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you kind of like have your baseline and then you're like, okay, am I like acting differently around this one? Exactly. Yeah. And so what can people do to ensure that the workouts that they're doing aren't interfering with their hormonal and menstruation health? Yeah, yeah. It's awesome to hear that women are even thinking in this mindset now. It's like, I want to make sure my hormones aren't being impacted by my workouts. And so when I get this question, which I get often, I have two pieces of advice that I like to share. And one is that we've got to be eating enough food to sustain and refuel our bodies if we're working out regularly, and especially if we do high intensity workouts. And this is because it's not that vigorous exercise is bad for us. It's that we're often not refueling or supporting our bodies before and after these workouts in a way that's really nourishing. So instead of feeling energized or reinvigorated for the long haul in a holistic health sense, we might be stressing out and depleting our body. So we need to make sure we're fueling ourselves with food to sustain the workouts that we're doing. And then the second piece is to, to honor your body. When you're tired, rest. When you're energized, do a vigorous heart pumping workout. When you're feeling mellow, do yoga or do stretching or take a hike. It's really important to listen to our body. So get rid of that pushing or no pain, no gain mindset and really step into pleasing your body versus pushing it through stuff it may not want to be doing. Yes. So it sounds like kind of the root of this is putting too much stress on our body, right? Like that is what's going to trigger all of the rest. So if you have something like you are doing the high intensity workouts are fine, but it only becomes problematic when it's too much stress. So things like nourishing yourself are so important because 
if you don't nourish yourself, even if you're doing yoga, like you'll still be putting your body under stress, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you can't think like, oh, just doing lesser movements would then help because it's all about what stress your body's taking, what you're putting it through. Exactly, and recognizing that our bodies are burning calories and using our nutritional fuel just by being awake. Like our brains use up so many calories in a day. So it's not enough to say, well, I'm only doing a light workout because the truth is like watching TV, you're, you're using calories. It may not be a ton, but you are. So when you're moving, even if it's just stretching and downward dog and vinyasas, like we have to be fueling our bodies for those moments. Yeah. Another thing that I love about this conversation too is how personal it is because, you know, when you go out and you ask someone like, oh, what should my training plan be? What should my nutrition plan be? What workout should I do? It's like, well, if I gave you what I did, then that might be too much stress on your body. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know. I, you can't say to someone, oh, don't do HIIT workout seven days a week because you don't know that person, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I was wondering if you could go into a little bit about talking about cycle syncing. I think that it's something that's talked about a little bit more, but I don't really know what it is. So how can you go about syncing your workouts with your cycle? Yeah, of course. So cycle syncing is a term and a practice that's getting pretty popular right now. It, we can cycle sync a lot of different ways from the foods that we eat to our self-care practices. And one really powerful way, as you mentioned, is cycle syncing our workouts to our menstrual cycles. And this is something I love to talk about and I love to do myself. And the reason we cycle sync is because we have different energy levels and different hormonal needs at the different phases and weeks of our cycles. And as you probably experienced or a lot of the listeners that there's just sometimes the month where we have more energy than other times and we're craving certain movements that we haven't craved yet in the month. And that that's totally normal. And to make sure we're not taxing our hormones, it's really important to respect those natural ebbs and flows. And so to cycle sync, we really have to understand what's going on during each of the four weeks of our cycle. So I'll take a second to kind of dive into those, those weeks here. So during the first week of our cycle, it begins on day one of our period. This is when our hormones are the lowest that they will be all month long, which also means our energy levels are the lowest. So we need to be mindful and respect that. And so traditionally speaking, our periods or the bleeding time is time to slow down and to rest. So during this first week, you'll likely with sinking movement to your cycles, want to take a few rest days, maybe add in a little stretching, a little light yoga. And then as your hormones begin to rise towards the end of the first week, you might start to bring in a little bit more movement as it feels right. So kind of starting off slow, like that little incline that starts on the roller coaster. And then week two is when your cycle is like really ramping up. Things get really spicy and our hormones are pumping in week two as we're preparing for ovulation. So it's usually our most energized week of the month. And it's a great time for those hit workouts, cardio, spin, take those long runs when you're feeling really motivated, really energized. And week three is when our cycle moves into the luteal phase, which is post-ovulation. This is when estrogen drops off and the calming hormone progesterone really starts to shine and take over. 
And so during this week, we often feel incredibly chill. It's not that we have less energy. It's just that we're mellow. Like we're doing good. We're vibing through the week. And it's during this week that I like to trade out a few of my high intensity workouts for things like yoga, Pilates, hiking, where we still get intensity, but we're on a more mellow level. And then lastly, we come to the fourth week of the cycle. This is the week before our periods, And most people dread this week, right? It's the PMS week, it's all these symptoms, but truthfully in a really healthy cycle with balanced hormones, we shouldn't feel all that different during week four than we do in week three, aside from maybe having a little less energy. And so during this final week is when progesterone starts to drop so that your body prepares for releasing your uterine lining and allowing you to have your period, your bleed week. And so I find that during this week, we really need a couple more rest days and more grounding movement, yoga, long walks, and even lifestyle movements that people tend to not think of like gardening or take a big day off to just like clean your house and do home projects and get, I know I'm always so sore when I take a full day of like house cleaning versus like I just spent a day at the gym and I haven't been this sore. So getting creative with those grounding movements in that final week can be really powerful. And we think about cycle syncing as working out in alignment with these rhythms. So you don't have to take these exact workouts that I like to use during these phases, but being mindful of the ebbs and flows of energy and really optimizing your energy levels and your natural hormonal state on, on any given day so that you're getting the most out of the movements that you're doing. Yeah, that's awesome because, you know, kind of as you said, your body is naturally burning calories no matter what. Your body's naturally going through this process no matter what. So the days that your body is already putting more stress on itself, it's like, okay, that's mm-hmm. when you should maybe relax a little bit, things like that. Whereas, you know, when it is full of the hormones, when you're feeling excited, like that's coming from inside. That's not like motivation that you need to, like you didn't wake up that morning with motivation to work out. You woke up that morning (laughs) with like the natural energy. So I think that does a lot of explaining of what I feel in my day-to-day life. Yeah. And I love the way you say that too, is like, it's, this isn't about willpower here. This isn't about someone having more or less motivation than another person. Sometimes it's literally just about where your body is at on the day you just woke up. And that can be different than the person next to you or your best friend. And so being mindful that it's not often relationship to having, needing to have more willpower, being more structured. Sometimes it's just being more present with what our bodies need. Yeah, no, that's so good. I love that piece of advice. I'm definitely going to take that with me. And then my last question for you is what is your piece of advice for, you know, the listener out there who's like, I knew nothing about hormonal health, but now I want to get more in tune with my body. Now I want to start thinking about it more. What is your advice to them? Yeah. So my favorite place to start, and it's where I do the bulk of my work, is in cycle tracking. And cycle tracking can be a lot of different things. I personally and professionally use it to help women balance hormonal issues that they're seeing. So to have better periods, to have more energy, less acne, whatever issues they're dealing with. Um, I also use it as a form of natural birth control, and I teach that to clients. And I even use it to help women get pregnant who are struggling with their fertility, but we we can scale it back even more so than that. And cycle tracking can be simply keeping track of your energy levels and 
different signs and symptoms from your body about where you are in your cycle and, and what's going on and how you're feeling. And even like, what does your period look like? How does it feel? What colors is it? Does it come with cramps? And keeping track of what you're experiencing gives you access to so much information about the health of your hormones, the health of your body. And really there's this lovely book out there called the fifth vital sign. And we're, the medical world is really starting to take a step back and to say, these periods that we've been making women pretend like they weren't having for millennia, right? We're supposed to hide tampons up our sleeves and stuff. Well, now the medical world is like, wait a second. These periods they've been having are hugely important as a sign to their overall health and well-being. And so we're thinking about it now as this vital sign. And what better way to work with that than to keep track of what's going on and see the shifts in your own body. And you can use that. You can bring it to your doctor's appointments and say, look, this is what I saw. This is what I know is happening. And now I'm needing support from you, from my practitioner or from my workouts or from my diet. So I always start with cycle tracking. Yeah, because I guess that kind of takes the guesswork out of it too, right? You're not going to be like, oh, like, I wonder if this is the week where I'll start to crash a little bit. Or I wonder if this is the week where like, I'll start to ramp up in energy, you know, you're actually tracking of when you can expect these things to happen. Yeah, exactly. And so I like to think about it too, with cycle tracking as nothing's a surprise, like nothing in my cycle surprises me anymore. I might have a few more symptoms here and there. But I know, like I know right now what's going on in my body, why I have the level of energy that I do. And I, I know how to move through my day with respect towards that and towards my body and to make sure I'm not pushing too hard and giving it the right fuel movement and food wise. And that's a really powerful place to be in to say, I know how I need to support my body today to get the most out of this day. Yeah, because then you can confidently know that like you mm-hmm. like this is starting from within. This isn't some like external factor that's affecting my energy. Like you can be confident with where you're at, what's happening. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story and all of this with everyone. Where can people find you, work with you, all of that? Yeah, of course. So I as we mentioned at the start of this call, I'm the founder of a business called Sauvage Wellness. So you can find me at my website, sauvagewellness.com. I think Emily will share it, but it's spelled out S-A-U-V-A-G-E. It's the French word for wild because we're really tapping into our wild wellness over here. So you can find me at Sauvage Wellness. I also have a podcast called Menstrual Mastery where I'm talking about periods and sex and fertility and hormones all day long. So if you if you ever want to listen in on more topics, you can find me there. And then Emily, I'm going to share with you my cycle tracking starter guide as a little gift to all of the listeners who are listening today. It'll give them everything they need to carry out what I was just talking about, how to get started tracking their cycle so they too can be empowered with this information and know exactly where they're at any day of the month. Yes, I will be sharing all of those links below. I love this conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.